The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, we're going to talk about the natural food controversies. Well, are you taking the right amount of vitamin D? Should you eat more protein? Well, you'll find out those answers and much more on today's show. Plus, we'll tell you what's happening around town and give you a chance to win a $100 gift card. But first up, it's time to get a little controversial and make you think a little bit about the food we eat. And here to shed some light on this is board-certified clinical nutritionist Neil Levin. Neil is the nutrition education manager and a formulator for Now Foods. He is a diplomate in advanced nutritional laboratory assessment, is a professional member of the International and American Associations of Clinical Nutritionists, and is the past president of the American Nutrition Association. Before we get to today's topic, can you fill our audience in on your work and its mission? Sure. Um, I'm working with Now Foods as a product formulator and nutrition educator. And I also, because I blog and Twitter and do all those other things, um, I have a spe- kind of a side specialty of trying to set the record straight when there's issues about nutrition or dietary supplements or anything like that that are not being accurately portrayed in the scientific papers or the media. Ah, so you are the watchdog, basically. I'm both a self-appointed watchdog, but I've also been awarded by the Natural Products Association and Industry Champion Award, Hmm. which is given to individuals who have done services for the industry uh, above and beyond what's required for commercial success. In other words, I have defended the industry when there's slanted articles or misinterpretations of science, which is not only done by the media, it's done by the scientists themselves. Hmm. So one of the issues is that often there's drug researchers designing nutrient trials, and they don't understand that nutrients are not novel substances. They're in the food supply. They're in other things you eat. They're in fortified foods. They're even in... Uh, well, they, they actually affect other nutrients. For example, for the vitamin beta carotene, a source of vitamin A, you cannot predict from vitamin, the beta carotene vitamin caps that someone puts in their mouth, you cannot predict their blood levels. Hmm. If you look at the total antioxidants in their diet, you can. So these nutrients are interactive and are not separate, isolated drugs. And when drug researchers do their gold standard studies, mm-hmm. which are uh, placebo controlled, et cetera, they're giving a single nutrient. I mean, that's a ridiculous way to test a nutrient because, for example, you wouldn't take someone off protein mm-hmm. or give them only carbs and fat and want to test the effect of protein that way. You wouldn't test the effect by giving them only protein and taking away carbs and fat. Yet that's how they want to measure vitamins and minerals in studies. That model works for drugs. It doesn't work for nutrients. That's why we get so many contradictory studies. Uh, And there's also a tendency on the part of researchers to trumpet their accomplishments and to act like the 5,000 other studies on vitamin E don't count anymore Hmm. because there's a new study that seems to contradict it. Hmm. And when the new study is not able to be replicated three or four months later and never hits the media, 
they still think vitamin E is dangerous when almost every study shows it's not. Right. It's very old-fashioned, too, so you're updating this, too. Well, right. it's very interesting. Well, we're also interested to hear about your point of view, and I also want to start talking about dieting. So everybody wants to hear about the dieting, especially women. <laughs> we're uh, also dieting secrets and what works long-term. So we want to start talking about that right off the bat. Sure. There's a few ideas that people should always keep in mind. One is never skip a meal. Mm. If you skip meals, your body goes into starvation mode. It tells you that I need to hold on to every calorie. Mm. I can't spare any. And it wants to store fat so you have more for later. It will refuse to burn any fat that's in your body. So you have to eat meals. If you skip meals, then you will not rev up your metabolism. You'll actually shut down your metabolism. Another trick is at each meal, you need to eat some protein. If you have coffee and a donut, it's not a meal. Your body still thinks you're starving. Eating protein opens up and revs up your metabolism for a period of some hours afterwards. So having a snack that doesn't include protein does not help the dieting. Now, we're talking about eating more frequent meals through the day, but not increasing your total calories. So if more of the diet is protein, mm -hmm. if the protein is spread out through the day, and if the, you're getting smaller numbers of calories at any one meal, then you're also not increasing your blood sugar as much during the day. And raising blood sugar is a trigger to your body that you need to store some of that as fat. Because historically, we're used to hunting and gathering, say, mm -hmm. and you will at times get a, run into some berries and collect a bunch of berries and eat them. And maybe you'll save some and bring them back to your tribe. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to constantly get them through the year. You get them at a certain time of year. You'll dry them and have them through the winter, but they're not always available. With our abundance, people are spiking their blood sugar too much, too often, too constantly. And that increases our stresses. That increases our insulin resistance where the insulin doesn't work anymore. And the body keeps pump pumping out more insulin trying to correct that. But, of course, all you do is start getting hypoglycemia. The blood sugar starts going up and down, starts yo-yoing. And then you don't have energy after, in the middle of the afternoon or the middle of the morning anymore. So getting this more constant supply of food in a more balanced way is really the sustainable way. But one other trick, you have to eat whole foods, including natural fats. You need to get the natural fiber that makes you feel full. It slows the uptake of these nutrients and it helps you control the blood sugar at the same time and if you get the natural fats like the fish oils the flax oils the olive oil your body craves them if you don't get them then your body's going to crave fat and you're going to eat the wrong kinds and at that point you you're getting a small amount of these healthy fats in the unhealthy types of oils and your body keeps wanting more and more because you're not getting enough of those healthy fractions. So if you take a, a good amount of the healthy fractions, and that's most of the oil intake other than what's in whole foods, then your body doesn't start to have these cravings for these fatty foods that aren't good for you. It's trying to get that little fraction that's healthy rather than the bulk of it that's unhealthy. Can you give me an example of that, like, um, like avocados or what kind of uh, example of foods are you talking about? Sure. Um, I mean, even if you eat a processed food like uh, french fries mm -hmm. or potato chips, 
A small fraction of that contains the kind of fats that are in olive oil or fish oil, a very small amount. Um, your body knows you need that and is craving that. It's used to make cell membranes. It's used for inf inflammatory control. It's used for forming brain and nerves even. But you're only getting a tiny bit. You're not getting enough. And you're getting too much of this other kind of fat that like omega-6 fats mm -hmm. typically that are more pro-inflammatory. So why are so many of us inflammatory these days? And it's largely because of the type of fats we eat are the wrong kind. Right. The government says we're eating at least a 10 to 1 ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, when historically we should be eating close to 1 to 1 ratio. Mm -hmm. The American diet, in fact, in some studies is 16.7 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. And omega-3 is that healthy type of fat in flax oil, uh, fish oil, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're creating a pro-inflammatory condition, but we know we're getting a tiny bit of these healthy things in there, our body knows, mm -hmm. and keeps wanting more. That's why we crave these fatty foods, because we're not eating the right kind of fats. And so we should supplement, with, we should also have the supplement with the fish oil, but also incorporate fish and incorporate that. Right. Eating the foods is normally preferred, mm -hmm. uh, though there are some cases where that's not true. Uh, for example, fish have heavy metals. Uh, fish oils don't. Uh, the PCBs in a fish oil capsule are so low that you'd have to eat like 1,500 capsules to equal the amount that you'd expect in one fish meal. Mm. So you're looking at... Uh, dramatic safety uh, difference between eating fish and eating fish oil. Fish oil is a more sustainable daily thing. Eating fish daily is not recommended even for pregnant women that right. especially need that kind of oil for the development of their baby. Right, and I remember that when I was pregnant. So that's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, a few years ago, doctors routinely warned us also against taking high doses of vitamin D, but what is the latest information about taking vitamin D? If, if a doctor went into a coma 10 or 15 years ago and woke up today, mm -hmm. they would be shocked at the total turnaround in the attitude towards vitamin D mm -hmm. uh, in the medical field. It used to be, don't take vitamin D, it's fat-soluble, it's going to accumulate, it's going to be harmful. And in fact, there's not one case of death caused by people taking supplements of vitamin D. The levels required would be huge. And the body actually has mechanisms to break it down if it gets too high. Uh, what's really showing up is people avoided it. And during the same time, we're told to avoid the sun. Right. right. To wear sunscreen if we're ever going to go out. So we're not making our own vitamin D in our skin. Mm -hmm. Now, people with darker skin, when, when your skin tans or you have a darker complexion, mm -hmm. that slows the production of vitamin D in your body. So you're not able to make as much yourself because you're not out in the sun without sunscreen. Uh, it's not in the diet much unless you're eating fish livers or, uh, you know, I mean, if you're eating sardines or something, yeah, you'll get some or anchovies. But, you know, people who eat a, a slab of fish are not getting a lot because it's in the liver. You have to eat the whole fish. So fortified foods is another source, and most of that is dairy products, and many people don't eat dairy products. So, again, they're not getting as much. So how much vitamin D is considered healthy? Well, that's actually changed in the last few months. The Institute of Medicine at the National Academy of, uh, I'm sorry, National Institute of Health, mm -hmm. uh, just increased the daily recommendation from 400 international units daily 
to 600 units. It's hmm. a 50% increase. Wow. They also doubled the safe upper limit from that, which most people will have no side effects, from 2,000 to 4,000 international units. Now, those levels are almost universally being ridiculed as too low. Hmm. That the original recommendations from the scientific journals, and, and it was even... Uh, the upper limit was originally going to be 10,000, and at the last minute, this board dropped it to 4,000. Hmm. And we don't know why. Wow. And there's been petitions to reopen this because uh, 10,000 is not enough to get you toxic levels. Uh, supplements today, you're seeing the amounts in multiple vitamins moving up from 200 or 400 IUs to 600 or 1,000. Uh, you're seeing the calcium supplements increasing from 400 to 600 or 1,000, or even some supplements are now giving you between 2,000 and 10,000. Uh, so the amount of vitamin D uh, is, is great, but one other issue with vitamin D. The Institute of Medicine said there's only evidence for its rating at the amount you need based on bone health. Hmm. If you go to Europe... The European Safety Agency said there's also uses for it in vascular health and other issues that are not recognized by the United States government yet. And you need more vitamin D to achieve those benefits. Mm -hmm. So governments on the other side of the Atlantic are recommending it's used for things where you need to get more vitamin D than the U.S. government has recognized. And being very conservative, the Institute of Medicine, which is a, a quasi-governmental agency, uh, it's, it's creating confusion because they said all you need is this much, but they mean only for bone health if you really read into it. Mm. And, and the for the other benefits, immunity and, and cardiovascular and, and even cancer, immune, you're, you need much larger amounts. And you're seeing a lot of experts recommending people take between 1,000 and 10,000 international units I use per day. Hmm. And that's a that's very interesting that they've only targeted it for that for bone health. Uh, what's the difference between the it forms D two and D three? Well, that's also interesting because there is a movement to say that D three is the only form people should be using. Mm -hmm. uh, that D two occurs naturally in plants where their oils, their sterols in in their in their fats are exposed to ultraviolet light. And in the same way, the sterols in, in human bodies are cholesterol, mm -hmm. a type of sterol, is exposed to sunlight in our skin and irradiated and synthesizes vitamin D3. And D3 is also synthesized in fish, and that's why you get it from fish livers. So it's a vitamin that's created synthetically by living creatures. The D2? D2 and D3. Oh, D2. okay. We but synthesize it in our bodies. But it's a natural form created by chemical synthesis. So mm -hmm. the, the word synthetic doesn't mean a lot in this regard mm -hmm. because you're synthesizing the natural compound that's essential to life. Mm. Just like animals, your, your pet dog or cat will synthesize vitamin C in their liver. And it's a synthetic chemical, hmm. but it's a natural form. Okay. So there's a lot of confusion over the term synthetic and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, D, since D3 is the kind we that we normally make, it, a lot of people say it's preferred. Doctors have always been giving D2 because mm -hmm. it's much less toxic in high doses that they give 50,000 international units, for example, mm -hmm. than D3. The difference seems to be mainly that if you take it daily in smaller amounts, like 1,000, 
there's doesn't seem to be any difference clinically. If you're giving huge doses and measuring if there's still some there weeks later, the D3 still seems to be there sometime later. So it, it's really if you're taking a medical approach, you go to a doctor's office and you want to measure it every month and give a huge dose and come back the next month, D3 seems to be better. Hmm. But if you're taking it daily, there doesn't really seem to be a difference. Hmm. Okay. Well, that is very interesting, and as is all this information. And uh, at this point, we're going to take a quick break, Neil. So uh, more of Mother's Market Radio in just a moment. Stay with us. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to take the time to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market, or you can download the podcast from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click on the link for radio and listen to our past shows. Plus, you can always download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with board-certified nutritionist, Neil Levin. We're talking about natural controversies. So, Neil, soy foods are highly controversial. So let's talk about soy foods with health gurus warning us against uh, the use and promoting its important health food. Soy foods. Yes, uh, soy foods are highly controversial. However, if you read scientific papers like I do and look at the studies, they are not controversial. Mm. They're only controversial in the media, in the blogosphere, on the Internet, and with people taking stands that are often not qualified and referenced. Uh, looking at studies, for example, you're told that soy foods contain something called phytoestrogens or plant estrogens. And estrogen, of course, is bad for certain people, right? It's bad for men. It's people with hormonal cancers. Not true. Mm. If you look at studies and looking at pools of over a dozen studies, you, you see that the cancer rates in for prostate cancer uh, the, G, the colon, colon and rectal cancer and uh, breast cancers declined by an average of 30% in the people eating the most soy protein. Hmm. And that is not jiving with the people saying soy should not be taken by men because it's going to make them more feminine or women because it adds more hormones. In fact, the hormones in soy are also present in legumes including pinto beans. Have you ever heard anything one saying pinto beans should not be eating, eaten by people with cancer or are bad for men? Are you seeing people eating a lot of tacos becoming <laughs> infertile or, or getting feminine features? No. I mean, it's ridiculous when you look at the science. People, some people hate soy, and it's just an emotional thing. I can't explain it. They say only fermented soy is good. These studies I'm talking about, by the way, use soy protein isolate. They are not fermented soy. They say people in the Far East eat mostly fermented soy, and only the fermented kind is good if you're going to eat it. And in fact, I've been to China, and they're eating tofu and edamame, which are not fermented foods. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that is nonsense. The, the fact that legumes do, do have these benefits, the fact that the type of very, very weak estrogens in these plants actually fit the receptors on your cells and block the nasty estrogens. And let's not forget, what are the really nasty estrogens? They're the environmental chemicals, mm -hmm. the plastics, mm -hmm. the pesticides, the herbicides are often very estrogenic. You know, DDT, PCBs, a lot of these are estrogens. 
And they're nasty ones your body doesn't know how to deal with. You right. cannot metabolize. Mm -hmm. So people are not looking at what the real causes of the problem are. And they're trying to demonize and blame soy when soy is actually healthy. Uh, they've already demonstrated the mechanism for, for soy preventing the progression of hormonal cancers like prostate cancer and breast cancer. Several mechanisms. In fact, soy, the closest thing to soy in terms of health benefits are cruciferous vegetables. They, it blocks the conversion of estrogen 2 to estrogen 16, which is the nasty carcinogenic kind. It blocks that conversion. It, it works in men to, to block the conversion of, of testosterone to estrogen, even though it's an estrogen. They've demonstrated these mechanisms. There is no question. Soy is proven to help against heart disease. There's an FDA-approved health claim, and they never want to approve a health claim for supplements. Or, you know, they just hate that. They, they've lost court cases and refused to allow claims. Isn't that a shame? And so this is so all of this has been studied. These proven cases have been yes. studied and proven, and yet this uh, and this blogosphere. This is really kind of where you see this fight happening, um, and with these DDTs and with all of this, uh, this is really a case against um, all these chemicals. This is the the fight that this you're seeing happen. Right, um, and uh, you know also we've seen where the prescription estrogens have been harmful. Oh. That's and, and people confuse the, these very weak plant estrogens in all legumes. They're yeah. in alfalfa sprouts. They're, mm -hmm. they're in beans. They're in peas. Mm -hmm. They're confusing that with the estrogens that can really hurt you. Mm. Well, that's a shame. Well, good for you for holding on the fight for the soy, for soy and the soy lovers there. Uh, let's turn around a little bit and talk about uh, vitamins and minerals and the food. Talk about the food forms that are commonly used in dietary su supplements. What can you say about that? Yeah, so uh, there's, there's kind of a mantra that you, you probably shouldn't use supplements because you can get everything you need from your food. There's a problem with that. Mm -hmm. First of all, you're, people are not getting everything they need from their food. Government surveys are showing that over 90% of us are deficient in essential vitamins and or minerals. So telling us we should when we're not mm -hmm. doesn't help much, does it? Mm -hmm. Um, and people want to take these multivitamins and, and the AMA and, and even the, the government, some agencies of the government have recognized that most people should take a multivitamin as a nutritional insurance. Cover those bases. Make sure you are not deficient in something essential for your life and your health. You know, and people know that. I mean, telling them they shouldn't, you should get everything from your food is like saying you need to eat those peas. <laughs> And they're going to sit at the table and not eat those peas if they don't want those peas. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's one aspect of it. Uh, obviously, the food supply doesn't contain what it should. Eating local isn't always good. What if your soil doesn't contain selenium, mm -hmm. essential for life? What if your soil is high in something else that's, to that's toxic? So eating local doesn't always work either. Yeah, although it's obviously you get fresher food, the vitamins are often higher in there. But often the mineral content is not the right mineral content. You need to adjust it by taking supplements. Uh, the other fantasy we're being told, which is demonstrably untrue, is that the forms of vitamins and minerals in food are better than the forms of vitamins and minerals in dietary supplements. And it's actually the opposite. If you go to government web pages, and no, there are no fans of supplements, believe me, <laughs> 
they will tell you that the, on average, the absorption of the vitamins and minerals and supplements, which are, by the way, the same forms approved for fortification of foods, when they take whole wheat flour and turn it into white flour and they add some of those nutrients back in, they use the same forms that are used in dietary supplements. They're using these synthetic versions of them that absorb twice as well. Mm. They still create the same natural form in the body that your body uses, but they're twice as effective at doing that. Yeah. Now, the reason for that is that the vitamins and minerals in food are bonded to anti-nutrients that inhibit their absorption. So you will not get better absorption of these vitamins and minerals from food. However, eating food does give you a greater variety of, of nutrients beyond vitamins and minerals. So it's good to eat that variety of food, but don't expect that if you take a supplement that's supposedly uh, something that's been fermented and made with food extracts in there, they've added the same synthetic vitamins in there and just added some bread yeast to it. You know, it's, it's, it, you know, it's really not that fancy. Uh, it, it's not a way to absorb your things better. It's a way to inhibit the absorption. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They made it pretty for you, huh? Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you so very much for your time, Neil. We look forward to having you on again. In the meantime, you can catch more of Neil by reading his blog at honestnutrition.com. You can like him on his Honest Nutrition Facebook page and follow him on his Twitter at Neil E. Levin and learn more about his expert nutritional advice. We look forward to our next visit. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market Radio Show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.